listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. And it is the third and final hour of Miller and Moulton in Lake City and surrounding areas, Tampa, St. Pete, Port Charlotte to Venice. We're just halfway home for those in the 239 because the bonus hour is an hour away. And Shelby Mast will join us in the bonus hour. And we'll also talk about how FGCU's women's basketball team got absolutely hosed yet again. I think they need to go public. Absolutely. I'd, I'd, every day I'd, I'd be going public. I'd call the national media. I'd be, I'd be making a scene about this. It's not getting better. If Mark, if you're a school in a conference, and I know no, you know there are 13 people that care about this topic, okay. But if you represent a school in a conference that is constantly getting screwed by the committee, at some point, don't you have to draw the line in the sand and say, you know what, enough's enough. You guys are incompetent. You're screwing us. And let me go to the board and show you all the times that we've been screwed. And this has to stop beginning next year. And they have, on both the men's and women's committees, have made it very apparent that they're not interested in mid to low majors. No. You, if you look at where the Drakes and the schools, uh, you College of Charleston, who won 30 games this year, they're a 12 seed. They, right. they told them if they didn't win their conference tournament, they would not have been in. Correct. And Correct. Take the, a look at Drake's resume, by the way, 27 and 7. All right, take a look. Arizona-Gonzaga, I think they lost both games by single digits. All right. And they and they got a player. They The DeVries kid, the coach's son, can play. And they're experienced. This is a COVID group that's been there five, six years. This is an awful draw for Miami. And we talked about this last week. The difference between being a four and a five. I mean, I'd much rather have Tennessee's draw than Miami and Duke's draw. Much rather have it. Tennessee got a four. Duke and Miami got a five. Ah. And if you look at just, you know, take Miami out of it because Miami may be down a player. They lost in the semis. I thought they were going to get a four, but they didn't. Tennessee versus Duke makes no sense of how that went out. Tennessee lost one of their better players. He's going to be out for the tournament. And Duke's won a bunch of games here in a row. When their lineup's been healthy, their record's really strong. And I'm the most anti-Duke guy that there is on the planet. But the fact of the matter is, Duke got hosed. Yeah. When they won the ACC, I thought, well, they're going to be at least a four. And I thought to myself, man, are they going to be a tough draw for a Kansas or a Houston? You turn around, you got them in the Sweet 16. Damn. They might be a top five team in the country right now with the way they're playing. But anyway, we'll talk a little bit about that coming up next hour. Hey, uh, let me ask you this. Have you been paying attention to Stefan Diggs in Buffalo and what he's been saying? Not particularly. I mean, I've seen some headlines, but it hasn't been my go-to read. Yeah, he's not happy. Started losing. And he's like, we got to figure this out. And I've been thinking a lot about it, and uh, we're going backwards. You know, my first year here, we went to the AFC Championship game. Last two years ago, we had a lead with 13 seconds to go to go to the AFC Championship game. We blew it. And last year, we got blown out in the divisional round. We're going backwards. You know, I'm approaching my late 20s. What the hell? 
This ain't working for me. We got to figure this out. And with all the moves that the Dolphins have made, including getting Jalen Ramsey yesterday, if you missed it, and only giving up a third-round pick and a backup tight end. And if the Jets add Aaron Rodgers, I mean, you're going to take the Bills or you're going to take the rest of the division? I'll take the Bills, but... How confident are you about that? Like oh, I, I, 55%, era. if you know what I mean. Like, I, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm taking the Bills, but there's... Like this year, a year ago at this time, you felt what? 80, 85, 90%? 90% easily. Okay. I mean, I had the and Bills going to the Super Bowl. And now here we are a year later. Now, you know, they're, they're moving around. They're making a change at defensive coordinator. They're freeing up some money. They clearly have a plan. And I think they have to upgrade the offensive line. I think that's readily apparent. But that's me. And quite frankly, all those young defensive linemen have not come through. Sorry. They're okay, but they ain't first-round pick quality. They've got nothing elite out of all the play Oliver and the like that they were expecting big right. things out of. They've not right. been able to get those. Now, they're still young. I mean, maybe this is year and who knows, Mark. If Von Miller had stayed healthy, maybe last year plays out completely differently. I mean, we'll never know. But between Von Miller on Thanksgiving and DeMar Hamlin in early December in Cincinnati, you know, remember, when that game was being played, the Bills, if they won out, were the one. Kansas City and Cincinnati were going to face each other in the second round. The winner goes to Buffalo. So, you know, the Bills were right there. And the Von Miller acquisition was excellent. It was working. It was doing exactly what they wanted it to do. He was having to get a double team, and it made some of the other guys better, and they were getting pressure on the passer, and it was working. They don't need a lot of pressure because with Josh Allen and company, they score points. But, I mean, Mark, think about it entering 2023. If we're talking about all in, let's assume Rodgers ends up with the Jets. Scale of 1 to 10, 10 being holy blank are they all in. Rank the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets on the all in scale at the beginning of next year. Well, the Jets, if they get Rodgers, are at a 10 all in. Okay. You don't make that move. Miami, with what they've done, no worse than an 8. I was going to say 9. Well, I said no worse than an 8. And the Bills right now are at a five. Uh, I mean, th- so so if you're Buffalo and if you're Diggs, you know, basically you're like, hey, we got to get better. We got to get better. We, we've tried to do this in-house and figure it out, and it ain't working. So, you know, I'm tired of the whole patience thing. Go get some dudes. Let's go. But the fact of the matter is they got the dude they wanted, and he got hurt. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much they have to do because they're already in an all-in mode. But you bring Von Miller back, what's he, 33 next year? I mean, can you count on Von Miller in January at his age? Or if you're Buffalo, do you need a couple more dudes? Do you need a couple more dudes? 
Because let me tell you, the dudes in Kansas City, all right, when the you-know-what is up against it, they come through. And I, I just think, I mean, Diggs is not so quietly trying to say, listen, okay, we need to have the urgency of the Dolphins and the Jets. This ain't working for me, okay? This ain't working for me. I went to an NFC title game with the Vikings. You know, I, I mean, don't know what to tell you. And I wanted out of there because I didn't think we could win a Super Bowl. And I wanted to get paid. You might have that in the wrong order. Yeah, I might. But your point's valid. So that's, you know, I mean, if you're the Bills, how much pressure are you going to feel here in the next 48 hours? Let's just say Rodgers makes it official and he's going to the Jets. And let's be brutally honest. With the way that game played out in the playoffs, if Tua was healthy, who would you like to win that game, Dolphins or Bills? Yeah, I'll take the Dolphins. I'll take the Dolphins. I mean, they nearly won with Skyler Thompson at quarterback, who should not take snaps in the league, and they nearly won. And their defensive coordinator had a horrible game. Third and 15, he's going with an all-out blitz, single coverage, and he's got Xavier Howard one-on-one on Stephon Diggs, and Howard can't run. I mean, truly asinine coaching. Led directly to a touchdown in a one-score game. Partly the reason they have a new defensive coordinator right now. So, just curious. I know it's it's very anti-Buffalo. This is not how a bill acts. You don't criticize management. You don't speak out. You know, Jim Kelly, Bruce Smith, Thurman Thomas, Steve Tasker, Andre Reed. Those guys were loyal soldiers. They fell in line behind Marv Levy, Bill Polian, and the like. Yeah, it's 2023, and the Bills still haven't gotten to a Super Bowl in 30 years. Be curious where their odds are to win the division when this all settles. They'll still be the favorite. I agree. But you talking a 10.5 over-under? I think you are. Number one instead of an 11.5. Right. Number one. And number two, I do think, like, let's just say the Bills make a few signings. Nothing big. They're just filling some holes, trying to upgrade the roster solidly, which is how they've pretty much done things, except for they made the Diggs trade and they signed Von Miller. Otherwise, they make a lot of solid moves, like re-signing Milano to an extension yesterday. That's very Buffalo Bills-like. If that's what they do, Mark, over the next six, seven weeks between free agency and the draft. You sure you're taking the Bills to win that division? If I give you Bills or the field? Right now I them? right now I am taking the Bills. Okay. Okay. 58-42? Oh, 55-45. I mean, it's, okay. it's, it's not that strong. But I don't. I don't trust Tua to finish the season. The Jets are still the Jets. There's still holes, and that's a good team. They get Rodgers. They're going to be competitive, and I don't like the Patriots roster enough. So I still think the Bills are the best team in that division, no matter what happens. By the way, just throwing it out there, Josh Allen's yet to get hurt. 
with all the running around and all the hits he takes. You know, Lamar Jackson went three and a half years without getting hurt, too. Eventually, you run around long enough, you get hit, you get hurt. I'd love to see them be able to run the ball with someone not named Josh Allen if I were the Buffalo Bills. But I just wonder how much as Miami and the Jets closed the gap, a gap that we thought was one of the biggest in the league in a very short period of time. And both of them look like they have quarterbacks. One, the KG vet. Two, the young guy coming back from an injury-riddled season that if Tua can play, it changes everything for Miami with the weapons they have now on both sides of the ball. Miller and Moulton, we'll talk to Chris Perkins about it in 25 minutes right here on the Florida Sports Network. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Our Chris Perkins of the Sun Sentinel will join us next hour. Actually, next segment. I'm a little under the weather today. I appreciate you all putting up with a whole bunch of mistakes. I'm getting names wrong. All right. I mean, I'm fortunate I, you know, remember Miller and Moulton on the Florida Sports Network today. Honestly. So appreciate you putting up with me today. Hey, you said something during the break. I need to talk about this. You and I have never played poker together. No. Well, that's well, not we, true. We got at the, didn't we get at a final table once together? Yeah, I, I think we were down to two tables, but you and I were at the same table at the Naples-Fort Myers Greyhound track. Yeah, when we used to play poker once a month, we were both, you know, semifinalists, finalists. So, okay, but, you know, I... I don't ever remember you and I going head to head for nope. a pot. Nope. Never. So, you know, I don't know if you're, you know, you got a good poker face or not. I really don't. But I do know this. You are brutally honest about your golf game. Brutally. Okay. You write down the accurate score. If it sucks, it sucks. If it's good, it's good. All right. And three weeks ago, you were playing great. And 10 days ago, you apparently wanted to quit. That sounds about, that sounds relatively accurate. And so this member guest started Thursday of last week. And let's be honest, you had no idea if you were Tom Hoagie from North Dakota there and you were booking flights home late Friday because you're opening with, you know, 78 at the players and you ain't going to be around. And then next thing you know, you're shooting 62, 69 on the weekend after 68 on Friday and you're finishing second. And making about two and a half million bucks. And it sounds like you began this member guest thinking you were going to be Tom Hoagie on Thursday and ended up being Tom Hoagie on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It was, well, Friday, Saturday, because yeah, it was done on Saturday. But I played, I think I played the best round of golf I've ever played in my life on the final day. Wow. Money day, right? Correct. Correct. We were yeah. we were in first place in our flight heading into the last day, and I shot one over for the day, I think. Holy blank. What are you, like a 12? I'm a 10.5 something. Well, I was a 10.5 because it just dropped dramatically because yeah. those those tournament rounds have a little added weight. 
Yeah, you're 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 an eight something now, aren't yeah, you? This, the, that 73's yeah, that seventy three is going to play a little bit for a while. So yeah, that's going to cost you a lot of money for the rest of this it's year. It's really going to. It's yeah. I better keep the game up because uh, everything yeah. that I made over the weekend is going to be given back over the course of the next few months yeah. before all these guys head head north for the summer. Might as well just put that in an envelope and keep it in your bag. That's pretty. <laughs> You're going to need that. <laughs> so. Now, can I ask a question? Yes. I mean, you know, we joke, we're not celebrities. Although technically, by the letter of the law, we do qualify as we're public people. Like, in terms of rules that people could do to us and say about us and what have you, we technically fall under the category of being public people. You can't treat us differently than you can treat a lot of other people, and not necessarily as well. So, but then, you know, we also have a couple of advantages if we need it. But how much grief do you get? Because I'm guessing most people at the club know you do a sports radio show. I mean, my group of friends do. Most people have an idea of what I do for a living, but right. yeah. So, you know, I mean, you're not a celebrity, but, you know, you're, you're pseudo one. So all of a sudden, you know, you go out there, shoot 92. Oh, man, we love Mark Miller. Make money off him like crazy. Great to have him around. Great guy, you know, laughing and joking afterwards. He'll even buy rounds after he gets his butt kicked. He's great. You go out there, break 80 a couple times, and remember guests when you're a 10-11 handicap. You blankety, 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 blankety. Not only that, I hate his show. Um, I think the only thing I got away with is that when I played well, I played against people that I knew that I play with all the time who were like, holy blank, Miller's playing out of his tree. If I would have been playing against people who I didn't know, right? I think I could have gotten a lot more grief for the way I played on Saturday. But literally, the two people I played with are two of my better friends at the club, and gotcha. they were both just impressed with the fact that I was playing so well. Right. So they knew you were having an out-of-body experience. Correct. Okay, that's good. They still probably at some point, though, as you kept beating them, okay, kept saying something to the effect of, you know, I really don't like your guy's show. Well, the the one guy in particular that there are two matches on Saturday, and the second match, I've beaten him two years in a row to win the flight with two different partners. You know, one last year, I brought in, a you know, an, an A-list player, former professional hockey player, really big guy, hits the ball a ton. This year, I brought in a guy, and I'm not joking, he says he's 5'2". If he's 5'2", I'm 6'4". My partner was about five foot one, and he's a really good player. But when you see someone who barely qualifies as a regular-sized human... Right. You know... So you had Tracy Wolfson as your partner I, over the weekend. I did. For those that didn't see, okay, <laughs> Nance and Raph and what have you, the you know, number one CBS crew, they do the Big Ten Championship every year. Tracy's the number one sideline person, so Purdue wins it. And their star player is the center, and he's a legit center. You know, the first digit's a seven. And Tracy Wilson, I'm not sure she's five feet tall. I, I'm not sure at all. You know, now she can wear, you know, heels and lifts and this, that, and the other thing. But still, it ain't going to make that big of a difference. I mean, even if she props herself up, she's 5'4", and she's talking to 7'2". At and least. it was a he, great picture. 
at least seven two. He might be closer to seven four. I mean, that guy is a monster. Right. So that was good. You you played with the wolf and you and you, and you took everybody for some money. Yes. And uh and and the wolf had a four day bender on where he was speaking Swahili most of the time and still was managed to keep it between the keep it on the short grass. But apparently everybody knew you were having an out of body experience, so you got away with it. For now. We'll see when I show back up tomorrow for a regular game how much grief I get. Right, in which you try to claim, by the way, that your handicap's like an 8-6 or an 8-8, eight, eight, and they're going to be like, yeah, you're a 6. I think, I think I've been around there long enough that they know better than I'm a 6. Aspiring to be one day. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a terrific week. It's my favorite week of the year. It's the only time I really take time off from the show. That's right. I know. You love it. It was so fun. I cannot tell you how many people, including my wife, were like, hey, have you been in touch with Mark? How's he doing? And I'm like, no. Well, how's he doing? And I go, well, I have to assume he's doing pretty well. Well, how can you make that assumption? I go, because there was one year when two days into it, he had lost every match, and he actually texted me and said, I'm going to get so runk, you may have to send out a search party and find me in a ditch. That's how bad my game is. I go, so if I haven't heard how bad his game is, I assume he's doing okay. I did laugh at the one thing that I always get because there are people that listen to the show every day that are friends of mine that are members there. And they come to me on Thursday or Friday morning. I think it was Friday morning and go, so did you listen to the show this morning? (laughs) I looked at him. I'm like, are you out of your mind? I talk to these guys for four hours every day. I don't, two days off, I'm good because apparently uh, Felipe was threatening to show up and heckle. Well, he he did not fall asleep either day. All right, you know, baby steps, baby steps. He did not fall asleep either day. That's hysterical. Did you listen to the show? I'm surprised you didn't look right at him and go, I barely listen to him when I do the show with him. It's just like another day I, listening to the starting five to me. What What's he talking say, about over there? I don't listen to his starting five, and he doesn't listen to my good, bad, and ugly. What's on tap? <laughs> Today was the day when. It's how we roll on Miller and Moulton, for crying out loud. You know, the other three hours, eh. Come see, come saw. Already working it up for National Nap Day today. Trying to figure is out what time. Really? I, the day after Daylight Savings Time kicks in is always National Nap Day. This Daylight Savings is ridiculous. Should be all say. year. This should just be this way all the time. Yeah. Make your mind up already. Yeah, One right. or the other. Miller or Moulton. Daylight Savings Time, no Daylight Savings Time. Either way, it's going to be on the Florida Sports Network. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-two minutes before the hour, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Shelby Mast will join us next hour. He got sixty-seven of the sixty-eight. He had Rutgers in, Nevada out. Most everybody had that, by the way. We'll say, Mark, for you and I who want the mid-majors to get the benefit of the doubt, okay, you know, a mid-major in the Mountain West getting a bid over a ninth team for the Big Ten, you and I can't complain about it. Not one bit. 
Not one bit. I Look, it, I'm happy for Nevada. They make this really difficult for mid-majors to get in by how they schedule them and now how the committees work this. Chris Perkins writes about the Dolphins for the Sun Sentinel. You can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Perk, P-E-R-K. Chris, it's David and Mark once again. Top of the morning to you. How are you? Oh, man, I'm, I'm good, man. We, we got the tournament and we got Jalen Ramsey, man. So it's, it's a good day for me. Well, there's no doubt. Um, just your level of a surprise with the deal, with what the Dolphins had only had to give up for that. I mean, obviously, it's a huge improvement to their football team. They add on two guaranteed years for them. But this seems like this is a pretty good coup for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, so it's a huge get for the Dolphins because you did, you know, you just got Vic Fangio, your new defensive coordinator, and you had just released Byron Jones, the cornerback that you had signed a few years ago, so that you could play that lockdown style on the corners that you wanted to play under Brian Flores. Xavier Howard on one side and, and, and Byron Jones on the other. Well, Byron Jones is out all of last year, and they really never did make a shift to what they wanted to do. They couldn't They couldn't play that lockdown style on the corners. They didn't really have the front seven to lead the way. So now you shift into this season. Uh, and, and, you know, last season they get edge rusher Bradley Chubb, so that helps with, with that front seven style. But now you go into this season and you do have Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips as your edge rushers, and then you've got them backed up by Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard uh, we'll see what they do at inside linebacker. But, you know, and Javon Holland at, at safety, Brandon Jones comes back at safety. So you've got a good secondary. You're getting some some key players in key positions. Let's see what the Dolphins can do about it. But that defense is significantly upgraded right now with, with the addition of Jalen Ramsey. And, Chris, the first thing that I thought of was, could this then lead to the domino falling where they get rid of X? But his cap hit this year is only like ten million. It's beginning yeah. next year that his cap hits, you know, well over twenty million for like three years in a row. So really, there's no reason that they have to get rid of Howard. I mean, they're going to have Ramsey and Howard as their corners this year. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, and 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 that's the plan. Look, you know, the way that I'm looking at the Dolphins, and I've written this numerous times. They have a two-year window this year and next year to get it done because you do have two of health. You do have um, contracts that are going to start to cost you money. Not only, you know, you're already paying Xavier Howard and Bradley Chubb and Tyreek Hill and Teron Armstead, but the guys such as the young guys, Jalen Phillips uh, at Edge Rusher and Robert Hunt at Guard and, and uh, Javon Holland and Brandon Jones at safety. All these contracts are going to start coming up. These guys are going to want money. Christian Wilkins at defensive tackle, your first-round pick from 2019, I believe, is coming up. Uh, Tua is going to cost you $23.1 million in 2024. So you, all of these numbers are going to start adding up. You can't keep these guys. So that, that's kind of what you see with, with, the, with the Big Fangio edition, with the Bradley Chubb edition, uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Ramsey, they're winning now. They've got to do it now. They understand that salaries are going to blow up in the next couple of years. Get the talent on the team. Go for it this year. Go for it next year. Of course, you're still behind Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Kansas City in the AFC. But the Dolphins are clearly going for it right now. Chris, don't you think by signing two into that fifth year, I mean, it gives me – I wouldn't have done it 
I, I have too many questions about the health, but it makes me think that they have their questions answered about Tua's health, that they think this is the right move. Do you think that they know yeah, a little I, bit more than we do? I, I think that's right, because that, that, that was the only thing holding it up, really, was the, the health questions, the concussion concerns, how much knowledge can you gather. And there's only so much knowledge that you can gather, right, that, that you have to actually see him take the hit. And, and, you know, he's taking the jujitsu lessons. I wrote about that this week so he can learn how to fall. Uh, the jujitsu instructor was telling me he, you know, he tells his fighters, chin to the chest and, and land on your shoulder and roll. You never allow that head to whip back. So they're doing all they can with Tua until they actually see him take hits. And let me say that this kind of eases Tua's mind also, right? Because you've got all these Tom Brady rumors out there chipping away, chipping away that the Dolphins are still interested in Brady. So the saying that you're going to pick up his fifth-year option, uh, it, it not only reassures everybody around the team that, that you're moving forward with Tua, but it assures Tua that you're moving forward with him. And, Chris, was this also a business decision? I mean, let's face it, if they rolled the dice the way the Giants did, you know, Tua stays right. healthy, he's probably going to put up yep. big numbers. He's going to turn around at the end of this year, look at the Dolphins and go, uh, yeah, it's going to cost you forty plus million a year to keep me. Meanwhile, next year, even if he has a big year this year, it's only going to cost twenty three million. Do you think the Dolphins looked at the Giants' roll of the dice with Daniel Jones and said, you know, this? Yeah, this could cost us money, but this could also save us over twenty million. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because right, you look at how much quarterbacks are going for. And then you look at who, who would you be in the running to get? Like, who out there would be better than Tua? Uh, that, that, you know, that, not that Tua is a Hall of Famer, but, you know, Tua, when healthy, is pretty darn good. So I, I think it was the money and the, well, what will we do if we don't have Tua factor? I think both of those factored in, but 100% that, that money, they were looking at that cash register, and they were going, yeah, we can get them for 23-1, and that would be considered kind of a bargain. Chris Perkins, he writes for the Sun Sentinel. He's an outstanding columnist. You can follow him on Twitter, Chris Perk, P-E-R-K, Chris Perk. Chris, do they have the money to make one more splash? Can they go after somebody big in free agency at the linebacker position? Because it seems like that's the last hole left on the defense. Yeah, that seems like it's the last hole. And, um, you know, I, I think that they can. You know, look, uh, Bobby Wagner is out there. You know, the Rams are, are going to release him, and so that might be the one. And Bobby Wagner is not – uh, terribly expensive. He, he probably played for seven or eight million. So uh, you know you could you could scrape up the money to, to get one more major move and and uh, yeah still be able to do the Christian Wilkins extension and, and pay your draft picks and, and all that kind of stuff. That's what the um, the restructuring of Terrell Arms Terrell Arms Teron Armstead, Tyree Hill, and Bradley Chubb was all about. So that you could have the money to you know, uh, go after one mid-sized free agent. I, I don't think it's going to be a, a huge, uh, you know, Tremaine Edmonds cost or, or Mike McGlinchey. Tremaine Edmonds, the inside linebacker from Buffalo, Mike McGlinchey, the right tackle from San Francisco. Both of those are probably $10, 12000000 million a year, but seven or $8 million a year, and if Bobby Wagner would do it, yeah, I, I, that would be a, a major move and a major upgrade. Chris, the Dolphins are down to just four draft picks, a two, a three, a six, and a seven. Let's just say they go and they sign the linebacker, whether it's Wagner or somebody else in free agency. Don't you think with the second and third round picks on Friday that one's an interior lineman and the other's a tight end? Um, interior, you know what? Um, running back 
could still be out there for them, okay. depending on what they do with Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Um, let's see. I don't know if they would, you know, tight end, interior linemen, probably. Or, you know, I, I, let's see what they do at right tackle. At right tackle, I, I would say yes. <laughs> let's say yes. I would, I would think those are two good guesses, depending on what else happens. At right tackle, um, Austin Jackson will come back and, and get a chance to be the starter. But you could just bring Brandon Shell back. As, as your uh, fifth offensive lineman, and that would be a good backup. If you don't bring Brandon Shell back, you probably have to draft a, a right tackle or an offensive tackle. So that that would be the that would be the uh, thing there. And Liam Eikenberg there at left guard. You've got Robert Jones as the backup who could contend there. Uh, tight end, I would say probably would be your better because I don't see them. They could get somebody in free agency, but th- those would be the three spots I would say either guard tackle or or tight end would be your second and third round pick. That, that's that's what I would say. Chris, if the Canes go out in the first round, you can blame Miller and Moulton. I know that, you know, nine people <laughs> who read you can blame us. But three weeks ago, we said they were a sleeper Final Four team. And two days later, they blew the 25-point lead against the Knolls. And now yeah. they lost one of their best players. And we think they have maybe the toughest 5-12 matchup. And then, yeah, that five twelve is that. That's always where you look, you know, for for that upset because it's going to be a a good team from a major conference against a good team from another, you know, a, a smaller conference, maybe a conference champ or something like that. A, a, a team that's probably had a bunch of fourth and fifth year seniors, you know, a bunch of maybe even six year seniors with COVID. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I agree with you. The Canes, the Canes have got to tread very lightly. Yeah, listen, I love Jim Laranega. Um, Second best coach in this area, Eric Spolster is the first, and 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 Larry Nega, who was who was on the list for the Hall of Fame this year, didn't make it to the finalists. To me, he's the clear second best coach in this area. So I do trust Jim Larinaga more than I trust the players. So I, I am going to pick the case. I haven't done my bracket. I'm, I'm picking them to. I think I'm going to pick them into to, to the Sweet 16. I, I know that uh, Houston is in their way, right? Uh, I, I believe yes. that, uh, that that Houston, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't, I haven't really looked at the bracket yet, but I, I, I do trust Jim Laranega. So I, I'm going to say the Kings get out of that first round and and uh, make some kind of a run. He's Chris Perkins, outstanding columnist for the Sun Sentinel. Follow him on Twitter, Chris Perk, P-E-R-K. Chris, thanks for the over the years agreeing to do this. We appreciate your time this morning. Hopefully, we'll talk before the draft. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we will. Call me anytime, guys, anytime. We'll talk later. Chris Perkins, kind enough to join us once again here on Miller and Moulton. Well, he's obviously fired up for what the Dolphins have done and think there's still some work to be done. But limited draft picks for Miami, just four picks as we mentioned. They've got two locked in for the fifth year. They've got their defensive backfield set. They have their defensive front set. They need a linebacker. And as Chris said, what are they going to do with their running backs that are coming up for free agency? Everybody's going to look at the 5-12s. Can I just throw this out there? And obviously, you know, you and I remember 10 years ago, FGCU, a.k.a. Dunk City, is a 15, winning two games and going to the Sweet 16. But you do know a 15 seed each of the last two years has gone to the Sweet 16. Right. In fact, last year they went to the Elite Eight. And since we didn't have a tournament in 2020, 
That means in the last nine NCAA tournaments, three 15s have gone to the Sweet 16 out of the last nine. Now, of course, you know, you look at these matchups and you're like, come on. No way. Arizona's got Princeton. Texas is Colgate. Colgate's good. Yeah, so is Texas. They are. I'll grant you that. UCLA's got UNC Asheville, who has an elite player, by the way, and UCLA is down one of their three best players. And Marquette's got Vermont, and Vermont's made the tournament 10 of the last 20 years. And they're going to be a veteran club. They always are. Yep. So just throwing that out there, three of the last nine NCAA tournaments of 15 is not just won a game. They've won two. Now, obviously, don't pull a David Moulton and just start picking. I mean, like Seth Davis, I love him. He He was was great yesterday. He picked every upset that was going to happen. Yes. Yes. College of Charleston is going to win two games. UC Santa Barbara is going to win. It it was all over. It was fantastic. Totally. Drake and UNC Asheville are in the Final Four. I mean, he was going nuts. (laughs) Nuts. I loved them. Loved them. Jay Wright stopped a couple of times and just looked over at him like, what right. the hell are you talking about? I mean, he tried to say, you do know who they play in the first round, right? He's like, ah, that's just going right past that. Huh. Okay. Jay, for the first time, had that look on his face like, it's why us coaches think you media people are stupid. <laughs> he had that look on his face, kind of like, oh, I'll be Now dead. I understand it. Took all year, but now I'm seeing it. Gotcha. And I thought grad assistants asking dumb questions was a problem. Right. I thought freshmen were a problem. No, sports writers are a problem. Right. So I'm just throwing that out there. Three of the last nine tournaments of 15 has not just won a game. They've won at least two, including each of the last two years. And I love all of these two seeds, by the way. Every, I know. Every single one of them. And I don't just mean for their first game against the 15s. These are some really good teams that should be doing some damage in this tournament. But I got to admit, Colgate, to me, was not a 15. Colgate, to me, is like a 13. And I'm like, hmm, that's a bad draw for Texas right there. Miller and Moulton. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Lake City, Tampa, St. Pete, Port Charlotte to Venice. The bonus hour is next.